Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, members and maintenance, why am I always singing in this group? I don't know. There's something about it every time I'm checking in or going live. I just feel like singing. Maybe it's because, like, this is like, La La Land, in a sense, like this is where we're trying to get to. I mean, this is it, right? Isn't this it, being in maintenance? Now, don't get me wrong, there are so many struggles and things to work through when it comes to maintenance, um, which we've definitely realized over the last year of running this maintenance group. But, you know, man, it's good to be here. It's good no matter what you're struggling with, no matter where you are at. uh, It is good to be here. I was just in the uh, check-in that I did this morning and uh, people talking about, where is that comment? Having having been maintaining their weights. Let me see here. Uh, One year into maintenance, still maintaining at my goal weight in between stages two and three. Join the fall group to refresh and reboot. So a little bit of solidifying right? A little bit of testing the waters. I love that. We have we have people here from just clients that I've worked with previously before I even started groups um, who've been maintaining for like 10, 20 years. Uh, we have people here who did my very first group and have been maintaining ever since. And then of course, we just started the group last, uh, sorry, a year ago in uh, July. I think the was it July at the end? Sorry, the end of July, um, at the end of the um, spring summer program last year. So we've been doing it for about a year and a few months. Um, we've learned a lot, right? We, we, we've learned a lot. And at that point, we had everyone kind of come in at once. So there's people in different stages and phases. Um, some people still on that solidifying. So having just lost the weight, um, now just starting to solidify your weight, make sure you take that real serious because there are three reasons why people gain weight back, right? Not putting time into maintenance, which is really important, allowing your body time to adjust to your new weight. That's really what you're doing in that solidifying stage. Lose the weight, solidify your weight, then maintain testing the waters and then move on, right? Situational change. That's another reason why people gain weight back. I think sometimes we talk about situational changes being like, I've maintained my weight and then all of a sudden I'm gaining it all back. And situational change can happen in in bits here and there, right? Like situational changes anytime there's new stress in your life, uh, new situations in your life. Not just, I always use the example as you lost your weight at home and now you, you have a new job and your whole routine changes. So for the rest of your life, you are going to encounter situational change that you're going to need to help your body adjust to. I think that's really important because when we talk about, you know, why people gain weight back, situational change, I think we, we think about that right off the heels of losing, right? Like I've lost my weight and then situational change happens and I gain it all back. And that's how we kind of, you know, kind of, kind of phrase that or picture that happening when situational change is going to happen at different times in your life for the rest of your life. So, so not putting time into maintenance is like right away. Right. And I think when we combine those and I talk about situational change, we're combining those where, you know, yes, you got to put time into your maintenance to solidify your weight. That's as soon as you've lost it, put that good three months into helping your new weight become your new norm. 
That's really important. Do that by either repeating the program, which is super effective or personalizing the plan. And then there's that maintenance, you know, that phase of like testing the waters, right? That's where you're, you're trying to get used to your new weight. This is where you might indulge here or there and then, you know, do back on track. So while you're solidifying your weight, you're minimizing your back on track. You don't want to be indulging. You want to just be doing what you need to do. Um, and then there's that, you know, that testing the waters. And it's, it's exactly that testing the waters, having this, having that, getting back on track, you know, uh, maybe you're not asking the four questions anymore. Maybe you're not weighing yourself anymore. Maybe you're just trying to kind of just, you know, start living your life before you're really, truly ready to move on. So there's that solidifying your weight. And then there, you know, that that's where that, you know, that, that next phase of situational change. So that situational change can happen at the beginning and happen four years later, it can happen 10 years later, right? So helping your body to adjust to situational change. If you're stressed, if your routine changes, you maybe you start training for marathons, right? You, you got to help your body adjust to that. And then the other really is just not being mindful. You really need to be mindful and aware. You This is where I say you don't gain 20 pounds back and without noticing. You know, at some point, you know that you're not feeling great and you're not making great choices for yourself or you're really struggling. And that is where, you know, and sometimes it's not just like what you're eating and when it's all the other things like managing your stress, you know, for one, trying to get better sleep, like helping your body adjust to situational change, like really being mindful is is really that next one. Right. So so we have a variety of different people working through different phases and stages of their maintenance journey. Um, we, I don't know how we're making out at the, the lives. So we're trying to stream the lives uh, from the weight loss group into the maintenance group because I know some of you are repeating the program for the sake of maintenance. Obviously, different intentions, still so beneficial. So, so when you're rolling through maintenance for the sake of solidifying your weight, it's a great idea to be like, what am I focused on this week? So in the group, weight loss group, for example, the focus is on we to consistency and mindfulness. So this is where you can also work on being consistent. And maybe it's not on, you know, uh, maybe it's not on like the, the food plan per se, but it's checking in, assessing how you feel. Maybe your consistency comes in in your nighttime routine. Maybe your consistency is now attached to moving your body. Maybe you started a new kind of move your body exercise routine. Maybe it's in meditation, right? Maybe your consistency is in meditation. Maybe your consistency is getting that water in because you still suck at getting it in like I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you are repeating the program for the sake of solidifying your weight, what does week two, now that you're in maintenance, mean to you, right? So it may not be as diligently following that food plan. You know, it's especially if you are, you know, if you are personalizing the plan, these same, these same focus week to week can still apply to you too, right? So, so what is that? mean what does that mean to you um i do feel the less than perfect choices as i test the waters trusting i know what to do yeah i love this so you'll feel it right and that's what like so this comes back to that that um hoagie conversation remember that we've had so a while back now um a member made a comment and said you know i had a hoagie which i think it's like it's a it's a big sandwich kind of thing and i didn't feel good and when am i going to be able to eat quote unquote, normally again and feel good. And so that was a bit of a moment because it's the, the hoagie or that food choice, whatever it is, is, is all, always made you feel like that and is always going to make you feel like that. Having lost weight is 
doesn't even factor in. It's not about you lost weight or any of those things. You always felt like that when you ate that thing. You always felt like that when you indulged in those things that you are now recognizing make you feel the way you feel. You always felt like that. But it, it's hard to go back and remember that chances are before you did the program, you were so disconnected to yourself that, you know, you could probably go all day long without eating and you were fine. You are probably hardly ever, never thirsty. You <laughs> didn't drink any water. Your body didn't communicate with you at all because you were so disconnected to it and it used to just ignoring it that it stopped communicating with you. Right. So you probably felt like garbage all the time, just bloated and gross and blah all the time. And then doing the program, you actually got a taste of feeling what it felt like to feel really good. So that's your new measure of feeling good. We get this all the time. Like, I feel amazing on this program, right? That's because you are not only making good food choices, but also managing your stress and moving your body and trying to be as healthy as possible. So you always felt like that before, except now your body's letting you know, like, Hey, this is how I feel when I eat this thing. And so We've had this conversation quite a bit. We're in maintenance. It's not even your weight. It's how you feel. And a lot of times people miss how they felt when they were following the program now that they're in maintenance. So they're able to maintain their weight. Great. They're having bites of bits. They're able to still maintain their weight, but they don't feel great. And again, that comes comes with all the other things that you were doing to help your body be as healthy as possible at the end of the day, you know? So, so yeah, so pay attention to that. And this is where you're also still making those associations. Like you may love pizza, but every time you eat pizza, you feel bloated and gross. I love pasta. Every time I eat it, it makes me bloated. Pretty sure I'm sensitive to gluten, whatever. Not enough to care and not eat it for how often I do eat it at the end of the day. Like a donut, you know, like, or a Big Mac. It's great when you drive by the, the McDonald's sign. And, Ooh, Big Mac. I want a Big Mac. But when have you ever eaten a Big Mac and walked away and said, oh man, I feel so great after that Big Mac. <laughs> like never. <laughs> that doesn't mean it wasn't hashtag worth it, you know, but you'll start making those associations like, you know, donuts, for example, someone brings it into the office and you have a donut. Maybe you didn't have a donut the entire time you were losing weight. And now that you're in maintenance, you're like, oh, I'm going to have a donut. And then you eat the donut and you realize, oh, well, first of all, I don't want to eat the whole thing. Second of all, it doesn't really taste as good as I thought, or maybe it's yummy, but man, I don't, it's not really, it's not doing anything for me, right? Like that's a whole other conversation where how we used to utilize food and what we got out of our foods, maybe we're not getting the same thing out of our foods again, you know? And so that's that, that testing the waters. And that's what that kind of is all about. So deep, so deep. Uh, I love pizza a year plus into maintenance. Not so much now. It makes me feel. Yeah, exactly. Where we have these visions of pizza and it's so fun and yummy and all those things. But then when we kind of really break it down and we're really in tune with our body's actual needs over wants and, and a lot of times, and we know this, and if you still haven't picked up the James Clear Atomic Habits, it's such a great book, even though you're done losing and you're into maintenance, it's such a good book. A lot of times it's not the pizza, it's the association to the pizza. It's fun. It's, it's who you eat pizza with. It's who you, what you associate pizza with. Do you know what I mean? And it's the, the it's the anticipation of the pizza that gives you that dopamine hit where you're like anticipating, anticipating the pizza is the part that we really love. 
and not the actual eating of the pizza and how we feel afterwards. Like that's a whole other level of awareness, like really, truly, that's a whole other uh, level of awareness, you know, when you're really getting into that. But that's where you you can turn up that internal volume while you're also like while you're in maintenance. We talked about this while you're losing weight. Listen to those voices. What are you saying to yourself? You know, what's the message there for you? Turn that up. You can also do that in maintenance, right? It's just a whole different can of worms that we're dealing with when we do that, which is really cool. Um, yeah, asking those four questions. Yeah, I hear that. Speaking of Valerie, I actually screenshotted your comment that you uh, made on the, um, when let me find it, on the check-in today. Here's Valerie. Valerie, first of all, if you're new to the group, Valerie is a rock star. Um, we have certain members that are, are definitely vocal, which we absolutely love because that creates the whole vibe of the group. But if you're a new member, please do not feel shy about sharing where you're at and, you know, reaching out for help. Here's the thing that's different about this group is that we've all been through this together. You know, we've listened to people's stories. We've laughed. We've cried. We've been frustrated. We've, you know, we've worked through the struggles. We've been there. We've had all the TMI conversations, you know, so this group is a little different. You can feel relaxed in here. You can feel supported and safe in here. Not that you can't in the weight loss group, but man, we're friends now. We're all, <laughs> I didn't even brush my hair before I came on or threw any lipstick <laughs> for this group. Okay, we're all friends. We're all friends. Uh, so you can let it all out here. But here's Valerie's from today. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday not really a question or concern just popping in to reassure those newer to maintenance who may be feeling as if they will never experience the calm or getting past the shock of maintenance set point range that it does and will come true yeah you're you can you can we know that if you're new to maintenance we know you have a lot of feels stick with us we got you and it's so normal and we're just gonna we're gonna keep chatting about it everyone's time frame is different i reached my goal in february 2022 and honestly i have been working through maintenance ever since just recently for me i've been feeling more calm about my fluctuations the scale as well as knowing what i personally need to feel good for me am i totally there yet no but the good news is i'm 100 percent confident in finally and forever it is my line it's in my line of sight i'm so grateful for where i'm at right now it feels amazing amazing bottom line hang in there for as little or as long as you need it's your journey yeah i think it's so important to recognize that everybody is different and you know our this is why i love dr beverly man she's gonna be back too i can't wait till she comes back man we could have we could talk to her every day in here <laughs> i'm pretty sure how we she talks about if you if you haven't um had the opportunity to listen to our segments with dr beverly again she's come on in the weight loss group you, you definitely would benefit from listening to those i used you you've heard me talk a lot about um the issues and associations we tie into food when we're young like we're we learn from a very young age to disconnect from being in tune to our bodies when it comes to food and i would say how your parents would make you sit there and eat all your food eat all your food there's kids starving wherever you're gonna sit there and eat everything whereas you might have been full not even hungry to begin with and now your parents are telling you that you need to eat all this food or your parents are like eat your vegetables eat your broccoli and you're young and you have a tummy ache and you know your parents are telling you this is good for you it's healthy for you you need to eat it and it's not making you feel good because even adults have a hard time digesting vegetables it makes them gassy and bloated and all of those things you know when you say you know i'm hungry can i have a snack and you know yeah maybe your mom's like what do you want and, and you say oh i want some sort of candy because 
of course, that's just what comes to mind, but you legitimately are hungry and your parents say, well, you can wait dinners in three hours, you know, or no, you can't have that. Like, I, I, you know, I don't think kids are going to be like, oh, I'm hungry. I'll have a fruit. If you ask them what they want, they're going to be like, oh, I want this. I want that. Right. So, so we get, we learn to be really disconnected, um, you know, to the point where we don't eat when we're hungry, drink when we're thirsty. We don't even go to bed when we're tired. We don't, you know, we don't do any of those things. But Dr. Beverly talks about how it goes back even further than that from when you're a baby. And, you know, I, I did this with my kids where I would just like shove that bottle in there, even put a little bit of like, well, was it oatmeal or something oats or something like that at night to like kind of really fill their bellies so that they they'd sleep you know what I mean so we really like kind of just keep making sure they're full making sure they're full making sure they're full you know they were kind of like training them from a young age to you know and so it goes real deep and real far and then you add coping mechanisms in there I know I've talked about this to death but I'm going to keep talking about it you add coping mechanisms in there right eating when you're stressed eating when you're sad eating when you're celebrating, eating when you're this, eating when you're that, how you've been soothed as a child, you know, you're upset. Well, here, have this candy, have this thing, have this, that, like it's, oh my God. Uh, we use food for celebrating and so many feels and we have all these associations to foods. And then there's like the, tr the traumas that we've been through in our lives. And, you know, usually, so when I used to work with personal clients, I would get them to go back and tell me their their story of when when they felt like they gained weight and it's always tied to something traumatic i mean you do have kids where you know people who when they were kids had weight issues obviously and sometimes the trauma was being on a a, a rec like a, a a sports team when they were young where they played a lot of sports and then maybe you know their nutrition was up to speed you know that overtraining, that feeling the need to perform um you know but more than that it's usually tied to an event in people's lives and a lot of times traumatic events this happened and then i gained weight and then i tried to lose it and then i gained it back and then you know what i mean and this has kind of been piling on so it would make sense that it takes a while for us to work through you know it just it takes a lot more <laughs> what we think and, and what we would like to kind of work through that you know and I think this is why the maintenance group came about like people asked me for a maintenance group for years and I was like what do you need a maintenance group for the way you've lost your weight is like that's your ticket and wow how naive of me um, because I had been living in maintenance for 30 years. So I hadn't really reflected back everything that I've been through when it came to maintaining my weight because I'd just been doing it for so long. And as we started to have these conversations in maintenance, especially our way in Wednesdays were game changers for me. When we started to hear where you were at, where our, where our members, where you guys were at in your, in your maintenance journey and the conversations that came up, especially through all of our guests, I was like, whoa, like I've had so many aha moments in, in this group. And this is really the conversation. It's yeah, lose your weight, but this is really, this is where the conversation is really happening. This is really where the work is it's it's in the maintenance for a lot of people and and then and also this goes back to ruth kane um she's the one who's studying the living method for, for, uh, with the team at the university of ottawa and she was talking about how members who have lost a lot of weight and spent more time in the weight loss groups have such an easier time in maintenance and as opposed to someone who did one group and lost their weight and then they're moving on to maintenance because 
some you someone can spend 20 years trying to lose the same 20 pounds over and over again as someone who spent the last 20 years trying to lose 100 pounds and what was happening as they were going through the program each time they were solidifying the weight that they've lost so you do your first group when you do the second group you're solidifying the weight you lost in the first group so you put that three months in you're solidifying the weight that you've lost previously it takes about three months to solidify that weight and so each time they did the program, they were also leveling up, continuing to work through the issues and associations and the feels and the beliefs and the traumas and all that stuff, right? So so because they'd spent so much more time in the weight loss group actively working through all those things, they're finding that they're having an easier time when they actually roll into maintenance, you know, not just solidifying their weight, but, you know, the follow through on that and getting to that finally and forever. So there can be a lot. I just think we need to normalize the work that needs to be done. Yes, we wanted our babies to sleep so we could too. That's exactly right, Debbie. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I uh, feel totally guilty just leaving synagogue on our holiest day of the year, but feeling the urge to just check into the live. You know what? Don't feel guilty about prioritizing yourself and wanting to keep yourself on track. You know, you worked really hard to get to a place where you're, where you're healthy, not just physically, but mentally. So you're alive. This is not a dirty little secret. You know what I mean? I know that's not what you're implying, um, but we're working on a new campaign right now for our weight loss program um, about, you know, how weight loss isn't a dirty word, you know, like there was a, it's been really interesting the last couple of years. I think the pandemic actually really helped weight loss because people gained a lot of weight during the pandemic. And I think people started to realize it wasn't just the food, it was the stress and the other things, um, you know, maybe lack of activity because people were at home and, you know, couldn't go out and, and couldn't do the things, socializing, all of that. Um, but there was a real, when I started these groups, um, the diet industry was not in a good place. It was just not in a good place. People, I would get like hate DMs from people, not hate mail because no one sent me mail, um, but DMs and emails from people. How dare I promote weight loss? And I'm just so horrible and awful. And because they didn't know anything about my program, right? And and uh, I was just adding to the craziness of the diet industry. And so people were mad. And then you started to see those commercials on TV where, you know, diets don't work. So you hear some drugs, go see your, even doctors were like, diets don't work, you know, come see me, I'll give you some pills. Um, and then we had the big body positivity movement, you know, where, you know, that all came about, which is, I mean, I love that, don't get me wrong, but body 
body positivity is just so much more than what your weight is. And your self-love for yourself shouldn't be tied into your weight at the end of the day. You should love yourself right here, right now, today. And you can also love yourself and still want to make change. None, none of it has anything to do with your weight. But, you know, our, our relationship to ourselves really got destroyed, you know, if you've spent any kind of time in the, in the diet industry. So weight loss became, and dieting became a really dirty word. And, you know, I love this thing of sharing is caring. This is a great program you can feel, feel good about because I think weight loss is so much, as we know, and is becoming more mainstream, weight loss is so much more than what you're eating and when it's so much more than eating less and exercising more. In fact, it isn't eating less and exercising more. It's none of those things. And so I'm going to take back weight loss again. I'm going to make weight loss cool again. <laughs> you know, weight loss. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that three years ago. Man, people would be so mad at me. But I can because we have this amazing program. And I just want to, I'm saying this because I want to remind you that you've really done the work to lose your weight in a healthy way. And sometimes we, because of the talk that's out there in the diet industry and dieting being such an icky word, you know, and something that's a little bit taboo. And even people who are losing weight, you know, people are being ostracized for that because, you know, you've got people assuming you've done that in an unhealthy way. Well, that's not true anymore. And so, so you've laid that foundation, right? You've, you've put in that hard work to lose your weight. Like it's just, now we got to like do the work mentally to get to, 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 to undo all of that, you know, which can take so much longer than the physical part of it. Uh, this makes so much sense, Gina. I hit my, hit my goal in my second group after a lifetime of dieting and I'm still working through it all and happy to do so. Like This is real sustainable. Like this is the real work. This is like really getting to like, I am sitting here 30 years later having maintained my 100 plus pound weight loss, but it it was gradual. Like I do have to say, like I also worked through a lot of feels. It's like I, I'm still working through mom guilt, through my divorce and, and my job. Like the fact that I work so hard to create what I'm creating now, I felt so, I, at one point I felt so driven to help people lose weight, but it, a lot of it has really been at the expense of my children. And I feel a lot of guilt for that. And I, you know, I feel a lot of guilt for having my marriage not work out. And, you know, but I've been divorced for like nine years, 10 years now, and I still feel guilty, right? So it's all about those associations. And with food, as you know, it gets really tricky. So there's a lot that we're all working with. Like, so if you take any, my point is here, I think if you take anything else that you've been through in your life, right? And you're, you're actually trying to make, we think of changes like overnight and it's not overnight. And because you're, you're transforming like all of your beliefs, the energy you're putting out on a cellular level, like on a energetic level and how your body's functioning on a cell cellular level, like it's all legit changing. And, and it's, it's so, it's so interesting and so fascinating, but I think we're, we know that the life of a quick fix has made us realize that if we, if, if we don't get there sooner rather than later, we're failures. And even just really, if you think about the diet industry and how it's all based on quick fixes, but you can't lose, you can't quick your quick fix your way through your issues and association. You can't quick fix your way into losing weight in a healthy way that your body can actually sustain and maintain. Like the size of your heart needs to adjust. Your like for a whole cycle, you'll notice like your body temperature adjusts for a whole year. For for think about this, you've lost your weight. And your body was regulated your weight, right? Through the winter, through the spring, through the summer, through the different change of seasons. It's kind of like, oh, I know this. 
And that's why you're so cold for like after you, you, you lose your weight for like a whole year after because your body is now trying to regulate your body temperature with like 20, 40, 50, 60 at less pounds, right? And then think about triggers. So the year after you lose your weight, you have to go through Thanksgiving, right? And Christmas and New Year's and not just like, I'm not talking about the pie. I'm talking about the feelings and like, you know, how Christmas can be stressful and it can feel lonely and how Thanksgiving getting together with family can bring up a lot of like family feels like, you know, and maybe you ate the pie while your brother or your sister or sisters-in-law, whatever would talk about, well, that's how you, ah, you know, deal with things. So like kind of each year and then there's Halloween and then there's like, like there's like Valentine's day. And, you know, so it's, 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 uh, it's a lot because it's a lot. That's always the takeaway at the end of these. Uh, it's always, it's always the takeaway at the end of these conversations on money. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We need to normalize it being a lot. The most amazing program out there. My sister who asked if I was sick after I lost my weight a year and a half ago is now doing the program. I mean, and you can't fault people for their perceptions because they only know what they know. And this is why, isn't that interesting for, for as, for, listen, I, we know that everybody's trying to lose weight. And the reason why we know that it's because it's like, it's a billion dollar industry. I think it's like four, like it's only, I don't even know what it is a year. I think by 2030, it's going to be worth $4 billion industry. Like it's, it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? The diet industry is glow is growing at a rapid rate. So we know people are all trying to lose weight, but for as much as people are trying to lose weight, when people are successful, we think that they've done something wrong or done something like crazy or done something like they've had surgery or they've had, you know, um, they've starved and deprived themselves for everyone trying to lose weight. Everyone's very, everyone can be very supportive while you're trying to lose weight. Well, it used to be anyway. And now once you've done it, that's when they're like, are you sick? You must be doing something wrong because they don't understand that you can lose so much weight in a healthy way. And then add in the weight loss drugs and that's just making it worse because don't you, don't you now see someone, a celebrity who's lost a lot of weight real quick? Like let's, okay, let's talk about Oprah and Gail. I love them. But also I've been following Oprah and Gail for like my entire life and Oprah and Gail, I've seen them losing gain and 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 losing gain. And then all of a sudden Ozempic comes out and both of them have lost a significant amount of weight. I'm not slamming it. I absolutely believe there's a time and a place for Ozempic, for a weight loss drugs for people who need it. So I'm not. I think also the program, if you are taking those drugs, because I totally get it, the program is a great compliment. You should, my program is exactly the program that you should be doing. But also, come on now. Come on, Gail and Oprah, both of you at the same time, all of a sudden you're able to just lose all this weight. Come on. You know, you're going to have a whole show about Ozempic and weight loss drugs. The, you could at least fess up to the fact that you're taking, I don't know, she, maybe she did because she had a big conversation the other day, but, but now, now you're, now if you're successful losing weight, everyone's going to be like, oh, what's your secret? Um, it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of work on these new drugs, doing a lot of research on these new drugs and what's really needed, at, you know, when pe even the doctors, they're not sustainable the minute you stop taking them, but it's really the work that you have to do 
you know, getting in tune to your body's needs, you know, so that after you've done losing the weight, you know what I mean? Being able to sustain and maintain it at the end of the day. But don't don't even get me started on that because there's all those side effects. And that's what this conversation is not about. You guys don't need it because you're here. You don't need it because it's here. But it's kind of just about putting that out there that that kind of weight loss can be done in a healthy, sustainable way. And a lot of people just don't realize that you can do that, you know? Um, same thing, Tina. My friend and I were saying exactly the same in regards to Oprah and Gail. Yeah, I mean, you've been following them for years, you know, so some people are and that's what they're going to. Time will tell and be able to reinforce the fact that when you stop taking these drugs that you will gain that weight back. And there also really truly is a massive side effect to these uh, medications. So if you are taking them or thinking about them, I'm not trying to persuade you not to or anyone to persuade not to, but you definitely want to do your due diligence. They're not, they're not the quick fix and the easy fix that people think that they are. But you, why are we talking about here? Because you guys have already done the work. That's where we're at in maintenance. But just we're talking about perceptions and where people are coming at you from, you know, in terms of their, I mean, that's the two. We don't even talk about that. Can we just, I got to go, but one thing we haven't talked about, don't talk a lot about is the part where you have to now deal with where you fit into society. You've gone and lost your weight. It's not just working through, you know, the different stages. It's not just the solidifying and the, you know, the testing the waters before you move on. It's not just the issues and associations you've attached in and around foods. It's not the, just the beliefs and the traumas and all that. It's also what the fuck now? Where do you fit into society now? Where do you fit into your friend circle now? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, there's a lot to that too. And then dealing with people and how they treat you just on a psychological level. Do you know what I mean? That can really trip you up and mess you up when you're not used to being treated a certain way or, you know, that's a whole, man, we're going to have that. We'll have to save that for a whole other conversation on another day. (laughs) So much to talk about. Uh, thanks everyone for joining me. Uh, that is why your maintenance program is the golden ticket, right? Why are people so hyped up about intermittent fasting? Just heard a podcast on Mel R. It's a crazy idea. You should go on our show. Oh yeah, I would love to go on our show. Actually, I did a campaign for people to reach out and get her to invite me on our show. I would love to. You know, so so you have to understand what these... Um, I don't know what I would call Mel. I love Mel. I love Mel Robbins. And, but she has a podcast. So she's looking for hot topics and things to discuss. So there absolutely is merit in intermittent fasting. There is. Like there's, there's, there's a certain time frame that your body responds to intermittent fasting in a sense of like, you, if you go like 36 hours or something like that, it actually can get in and kind of, um, has an effect on your body where your body can actually kill off. Like digestion takes so much energy right? It, it, it just takes so much energy and your body's got a lot of things to do. And so when you can give your body a break on digestion, it kind of does this cleanup. I've, I've watched this whole thing on it. There's, there's actually merit to this where when you fast for certain periods of time, um, it allows your body to do things like go in and, and kill off, you know, old cells, bad cells, those kinds of things. So there, there is some merit in that. There also is the merit in, um, see everything is hype and money and sales. So intermittent fasting, they also have like an intermittent fasting, 15, 16 hour intermittent fasting where you're, you're not eating out at night and then you're not having breakfast in the morning, but that's so fucked up because you shouldn't be eating at night anyway, because as soon as it gets dark, your body starts producing melatonin, melatonin pumps through your system to wind your body down, to get it ready for a nice deep sleep. If I go and eat at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, after my body's already started to wind down, I'm telling my body I'm eating because I'm going to be active hours from now. 
So it's just the biological process that happens after you start eating something, your body starts working on digestion and the, the process it goes through in order to digest your food takes a lot of work. So it wakes your ass up and your body's assuming, why the fuck are you eating? We must be doing something active. And then your wakes your body up. Like that's what a fast is. Your body winds down, you get into a deep REM sleep, you have breakfast, it stimulates your digestive system and it wakes you up, right? So it messes with your sleep. And so eating at, at night or after dinner messes with your sleep, which is then your body can't repair, can't rebuild, can't make change, can't do any of those things that you needed to do when you're trying to lose weight. And then the next day when you wake up, if you ate throughout the day, the day before, when you wake up, you're already full of energy. People have this thing that they're eating to give you energy. Some of the foods you're eating for breakfast take hours to break down. So you're not eating breakfast to give you energy. You're eating breakfast to replenish the energy you already use. So that's why on the program, you can skip breakfast if you want. Now, starting your day higher in protein kind of turns the body on because that's what breaking the fast does and kind of gets things moving and grooving earlier, right? So that's why, but they've now term this fasting so they can sell their books and have something to fucking talk about when they go on people's podcasts. It's just called living. Back in the day when before we had electricity, to ever go to a cottage where you don't have any TV, you don't have any stimulants, no Wi-Fi, no TV, no nothing, you're fucking tired at five o'clock at night. You're like, is it bedtime yet? Like, you know what I'm saying? Go to a cottage, you're like, oh my God, why am I like exhausted? Because your body's pumping that melatonin through your system and you don't have anything stimulating you. So your, your body's like, go to bed. Um, so that's just called normal living, but they deemed it fasting. Um, and, and outside of that fat, let me tell you how I really feel about fasting. Um, it does have its, it does have its merits. It is not a weight loss tool. That's the problem because isn't fucking dieting fasting. Like how many of us used to go all day long without eating? We used to do that without actually being told to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's just a matter of selling a book. There, um, intermittent fasting has its merits, but it sucks for weight loss. So that's the problem. Intermittent fasting can be great to getting people's blood sugars down to kind of reset things. So there definitely is a benefit in it. So I'm not disregarding that. The problem is that someone has come along and tried to market it for dieting. And when does that ever work? I, I've seen people do intermittent fasting and then I've seen them gain their weight back plus more and I've seen them do it again. And then they gain their weight back plus more. Great for a quick fix. Great for fucking over your metabolism. Great for adding extra weight back every single time. So, so a lot of clickbait, right? That's, you know, not, not everyone's going to tell you how it is. I love Mel. She's all about like having these conversations and opening up people's minds, right? It's, but when it comes to fasting, particularly, it's all about, you know, trying to sell it as a weight loss thing when it's, that's not really where it's merits in intermittent fasting at the end of the day. So yeah, um, I got to go. Tony's telling me I got to go. Also, I have meetings. I probably have things to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotta go. I'd sit here all day. I love you guys. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. I say I'm singing again. Okay. I'm just going to go. Bye you guys. Have an amazing day. Remember you can listen and download this as a podcast. If you're listening on our podcast. Hello. Hi. Have an amazing day. Bye everyone. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern. That's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.